Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Everyone, welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth and I am your host. Today's episode is focused a lot around business, entrepreneurship, getting started in entrepreneurship and the journey with that, which is, you know, very interesting, and very much around mindset in business and in life. Today's guest is Whitney Eckes. A little bit more about her she is a creator of Elevated Experiences. It began at the age of 22 when she became the founder and CEO of her marketing agency, Eckes Marketing, a creative communications agency based out of San Diego, California. Under Whitney's leadership, she has elevated brands such as Marriott, Hilton, SoulCycle, and ClearStem through social media marketing, influencer relations, branding, experiential events, and creative strategy. If you've been a long-time listener, you know that I always include various questions around different topics so again of course we hit on entrepreneurship and how she got started but we also touch on how she quote-unquote balances it all something I am always curious about myself as an entrepreneur you know the question of how do you make time for friends a relationship just things outside of work because there are more things than that And I really think you guys are going to resonate with the point she makes in understanding how to know when to make time and when you need to sacrifice a bit because I know that that has been a struggle for me as well, but there are just different chapters of our life that we go through and it's important to be mindful of that. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so stoked to chat all things business and your personal life, as we kind of just talked about. Um, but let's start with some context. Can you give the audience uh, insight into like where you went to school, your background, just like everything leading up to, let's say, like starting your marketing agency? Yeah, absolutely. So I've had my marketing agency for five years. Before that, I worked in hospitality. I worked for Aviator Nation. I worked for Red Bull. Um, During school, I was working with Red Bull. So I kind of did their brand ambassador internship program, which is an awesome, awesome program. And yeah, I went to school in Orange County. We kind of connected on that. I went to a tiny, tiny private school called Vanguard University. It's actually so small. It shares a campus with the church. That's like, that's the kind of private little liberal arts university I went to. And I double majored in communications and business admin. I originally went in thinking I was going to become a marine biologist and that was not the case. (laughs) And yeah, I, I basically fell in love with marketing and social media through Red Bull. And that carried me through all my jobs. And then eventually when I left the hospitality group, um, and, basically went freelance for social media management and turned it into an agency. Wow. Did you, when you were freelancing, um, I guess, were you simultaneously like still having, you know, that job, that full-time job, or did you jump into like freelancing at first right away? Yeah. So I, my situation was a little bit different. So when I was working with this hospitality group, 
they basically, when I chose to leave, they mm -hmm. came back and were like, Hey, can you continue to manage these five clients? So I mm -hmm. had five clients on board. They didn't stay for a very long time. Um, but that's kind of the situation that happened. And that was never intended. It was just that I was leaving and they were like, well, do you still want to do this and like be an independent contractor? And I was like, yeah. And like, I used to basically build them as Ecos marketing. Cause it was the easiest way to keep track of who I was. Right. And, um, the name stuck <laughs> wasn't my first choice of a name, but <laughs> that's, it's stuck in it. That's how we got the name. Yeah. Okay. So at that point you said, technically you kind of pretty much started out with five clients just from that. And you said that they, it, it, that didn't last that long. Like, did you have to acquire new clients? You know, like what was the process afterwards? Once you kind of like, like really was like prospecting for your own first client. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they lasted, I want to say for maybe like a year or so. And then prospecting for my first client was really hard. Like I had no yeah. experience in sales. I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, I became one, one of my best friends, uh, was actually an escrow at the time. And so I had like her, another friend of mine that had just started like a fitness supplement company. And then I randomly had like a med spa. So I had an escrow company, a fitness supplement company and a med spa, like talk about like very bare bones of like doing your own like service-based <laughs> business. It's like, it was so new. And then I had a couple of hospitality um, clients and stuff like that, that I was doing social and stuff and content creation stuff for. So that's how I started. And then really from that point, I mean, I just kept grinding and I yeah. kept going after bigger and bigger clients. I kept trying to do like trying to do things that got my name out into San Diego. One of the things that I did is I actually hosted a huge influencer brunch in like 2017. And this is like oh, influencers wow. like weren't like a thing. I mean, right. they were, but like, it was just starting to kind of like click and people like, we, we still had like the OG bloggers, but like mm -hmm. you didn't have like the influencer movement yet. And right. so I hosted this brunch in San Diego and I hosted a bunch of people from basically San Diego businesses and or influencers. So I had like Lauren Efforts Bostic from Skinny Confidential. Yeah. I had um, Lena Harris that had just opened up the first ever soul cycle in UTC. I had oh. Geraldine Radura that created Holy Matcha. I had another influencer named Erica Stolman from Fashion Lush. And then mm -hmm. I had basically all of them on a panel paid for everyone to be able to have like a drink and like some food and then invited every person of influence in San Diego that I knew or that I wanted to know, brands, influencers, people in the industry. And I hosted a brunch and that actually really helped kick off Ecos Marketing because mm. it got my name out there. I had like three or four interns working for me to help me with the event. And mm. then things just started to naturally blossom and build and it became what it is today. Yeah. Okay. Wait, can you give us a timeline? How old were you at that point? Just so we can give some context. Yeah. So I was 22. Holy so, crap. Yeah. <laughs> wait, that's pretty badass. Okay. I was 22 when I created the LLC and it's been about five years of actually having the agency. So yeah. Oh, wow. 22. And, and you like, Wow. That's crazy. Okay. So how old are your interns then? Are they like close in age as well? Or were they early in college? Oh, they were, they were in college. Um, <laughs> some of them are a little bit older than me. Right. Um, yeah. 
I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even think, I think I had four back. I'm trying to really like remember, like we used to meet inside my house. Like I used right. to have meetings in my house. Like that's how ground floor this was. So funny. You're asking me all these questions that are so <laughs> not my typical questions. I'm like, I didn't think about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I started with interns and the reason why I started with an internship program was because number one, that's what Red Bull did with me. Right. And I had someone that I was paying, but like very minimal. And totally. I really couldn't afford a team, but I was like, if you guys want to do this and like grow with me, like stay on board. And some of those girls I'm still friends with today. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then I, I also, I figured out kind of simultaneously through that process too. I actually, when we were building out this internship program, I started reaching out to universities like San Diego state, Point Loma Nazarene, mm-hmm. um, university of San Diego. And mm-hmm. now we have really awesome connections with some of their professors. So like graphic design and marketing majors, like they'll send them to Equus marketing to receive Love school that. credit. So mm-hmm. it's been a really cool program. And obviously that's been something really cool too, where it's like the school acknowledges us as a business and an agency mm-hmm. that, you know, they're giving their students school credit. So I'm really curious then. So at obviously you, you were reaching a point where you start to scale. At what point did you mm-hmm. a have your first full-time hire? And was it, how did you base that decision? Like, was it based off of, okay, I'm at this revenue point or you're in the middle of the night realizing you're doing too much client work and you actually need to outsource this or was it just both? Yeah, mine was, it was neither if I'm going to be completely honest okay. with you. So my first time hire was somebody that was with me for a very long time. And it really was the prevention of me making her full time was because of revenue. And I struggled actually with this in my business for a really long time, mm-hmm. right? Like not giving people, not investing in people, not giving them that full time pay yeah. because of what the business is currently making. The disconnect that I had for so many years is that you can't scale unless you're investing in your team and your team is invested in you. Mm -hmm. So I had to come to that realization. I came to that realization really like 2020, 2021. And I started realizing like there was like this certain revenue barrier that I wasn't breaking. And I had been at it for like a couple of years. And I'm like, why can't I get past this number? And so I was working with my business coach. I was working with a couple of my other best friends that have agencies And basically what it came down to was I wasn't investing in my team Mm. and my, uh, my bandwidth, my people and everything that I currently had wasn't capable of handling the next level of revenue or the next scalability. Mm. So yeah, my, my full-time store, like the first time I ever hired somebody to go full-time wasn't wasn't really a great experience for on my end. Mm -hmm. It was more or less like I was kind of doing it out of fear. And then when I kind of realized like, Hey, there's no way this agency is going to grow and flourish unless you invest in somebody before the revenue comes in and they're able to now do everything at a higher level capacity at a higher quality. And you're able to now start focusing on calling in more clients that I saw the agency actually scale and break through that through that revenue. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting too, because I think that's, that would probably be a pretty common fear, right? Because it's like, yeah, it's like that thought process of, you know, if you you look at the revenue and you're thinking, how do I afford to, you know, pay myself for my own living expenses, but also pay someone a salary amount? Like, did you, how did you, was there, what was like your mental thought process in 
um, like not like not letting that fear block you from scaling? Yeah. I mean, I think if anything, it was more or less, I told myself this was going to be an investment into my company. Mm -hmm. So where we were at, I told myself like, here's the thing. If we're having, you know, if that much financial struggle, mm-hmm. I will go ahead and take my own personal money to ensure mm-hmm. that I'm investing in this person. Got it was it. kind of one of those conversations where I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to put even more skin in the game. It That never happened. I invested in that person. I brought them on for salary. The, the company scaled. Oh. So like, I never had to touch like my savings or yeah. a dime of mm-hmm. p- putting any money in. But in that moment, having that conversation with myself, it was like, okay, this is the next step in leveling up. Yeah. And this is the next step in scaling. Are you, are you ready for it? Right. Like, are you committed to this investment? Is this what you want? Yeah. And I had to have kind of that mental conversation with myself. And that's when I was like, yeah, you know what? If like shit fails and like, I'm scared. I'm going to have to dip into my savings to make sure like this person's salary is covered. And then again, it, that's not what happened. What happened was that my time was freed up. Yeah. This person did their job fantastically that when they called in their own clients yeah. and they were able to actually, you know, create a whole new vertical within the company because of it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're super young at this point too. Was there, did you ever have any trouble with like maybe your parents or people just saying like thinking like you should still get corporate or like experience or like working for someone else still. And I say that too, because number one, I've experienced that because yeah, yeah, I graduated from Chapman. So I went to a small school as well, three years ago. I love Chapman. (laughs) I know. Yeah. That's where I went to school. So uh, not too far. Um, And I worked in corporate, like I worked in sales for like a year and a half and then I'm completely on my own now as well. Um, but I feel like that is usually a common obstacle just for people when they have that itch of going on their own, whatever that may be, whether it's a business or just being a freelancer, because there's so many options today. Did you ever have to go through any of those objections? And if so, how did you go through them without letting it get to your head? If tomorrow was your last day, would you feel as though you have maximized your potential? How would you describe your perfect day with no limitations? How can you work towards achieving something as close to this, if not exactly that? And what is your dream life? Where is it? Who's there with you? And what does your Saturday look like versus a Monday? These are some of my favorite questions from the What Fulfills You card game. And I created this card game with the intention to help you on your journey of personal growth as actually all of these questions in this card game are questions that helped me in my own personal growth journey in my 20s. But even more than that, these questions help cultivate more purposeful and meaningful conversations, whether it's with your colleagues, your close friends, or date night. I love to play this on a night in with a few glasses of wine, or now that it is spring and summer season, I think it's just so fun to bring this with you when you're hanging out at the park, especially for my fellow New Yorkers who like to hang out in Central Park, have a cheese board, and just have some deep conversations. You can shop the card game online at whatfulfillsyou.com and since you are a listener of the show, you can get 10% off your purchase with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! Yeah. So for context, my dad, my grandpa, my great-grandfather are all entrepreneurs. 
Um, and (laughs) my dad had this dream that I would go to college, get a nice corporate job and never have to feel the stress of running my own business. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like, maybe one day I'll take over the family business. Like he, like, he was very much so like, I want you to like, choose your own path. And like, he was like, you don't understand like how good you could have it. Like you could have a salary, you could have benefits. Like you could have something where it's so like you go to bed at night, you know, not stressed. Mm-hmm. Also, that is so not true. I know more people that have corporate jobs that hate their lives. Yeah. I mean, some people there's corporations that are freaking awesome. And there's people in, you know, corporate, they hate their lives, mm-hmm. whatever. There's a bunch of everybody, but you know, he, he was like, never, he's like, never be your own boss. Like, you don't want to do that. And I'm like, all right, cool. So when I, like, when I was like talking to him about starting my own thing, he was like, okay, like I get it. And mind you too, I I share the story often, but before, so right after I graduated college, um, I went to Thailand for a little bit. I hope I like, I was like, I wasn't working. I didn't Mm -hmm. have a job, came back home to San Diego. I was like feeling like literally like a giant POS. Like I was mm-hmm. like, I just said, I got this, these degrees, like what's wrong with me? Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, all right, cool. I'll go have like, go find my inner self in Thailand or something and have oh, like nice. this like awakening Yeah, that did not happen <laughs> at all. So I came home. My dad's like, all right, like, what are you going to do? You're living at home. You don't have a job. Like yeah. you just got through college. What's going on? And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to come work for you in the family business. And like, I think it's my time to like work for you. And then like, I can slowly learn how to take it over. Mm-hmm. And he was like, absolutely not. He was like, <laughs> number one, he's like, yes, like you can always do that if you want. He's like, but you've never failed. He's like, and it would be such a mistake to even let you into this company without you learning what it's like to fail and what it's like to have your own thing. And I'll never forget this, that conversation because I was, I was so like taken back and my dad is the kindest, most generous human being on the planet. But I was just so like kind of shocked that he would even say something like that to me. And when I went to go start my agency fast forward, because I had to go find, I was like a hostess at a rooftop bar mm-hmm. this was after aviator nation is right before the hospital. I went to the hospital group and I was like, do we, I was like hostessing. Like I wasn't even like waitressing. It was just so bad. <laughs> and when I went to the hospitality group, I mean, he was super stoked that I found this job. And then I was like, I think I'm ready to do my own thing. And he was like, okay. He's like, you know, like you've been kind of like chomping at the bit here and you're super creative and like, you're very, you know, always been independent, like Mm -hmm. let's do it. And I'll help, you know, like I'll help you and be your mentor. So I, yeah, that's, that's now broke through it. But I mean, there, there was a lot of conversations too. Like I had, I had business mentors that like tried to hire me Cause like, they were like, maybe you're not supposed to be an entrepreneur. Mm. I've had a lot of, a lot of people, you know, in the heat of the moment when I'm having a breakdown being like, maybe Ekis marketing isn't for you. Mm. And there's a lot of feedback that I think as entrepreneurs we receive and basically the way that I get through it. And this is kind of what I tell other young entrepreneurs is that your why has to be greater than whatever roller coaster you're going through mm-hmm. because you have to keep coming back to why you're doing it. Yeah. Why I come back to running a marketing agency every single day is because it gives me so much freedom 
and the ability to live a life that I want. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. I get to call the shots. I get to say, if I want to shut down the business, I want to say, if I want to scale it. Mm -hmm. And that freedom for me is absolutely incredible. I think with that, I also get to expand myself exponentially. Mm -hmm. I get to work with awesome brands. I get to invest my own time and money into new brands Mm -hmm. and become an investor. Mm -hmm. I get to learn about different industries and meet different people and give myself and my team a home and a Mm -hmm. career. So for me, like in the beginning, I wish someone had told me that, Mm. that like, you know, if you can't see past tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you have to come back to what this why is. Yeah. And I I think again, like everyone wants a business. Everyone wants to be able to have a machine that creates money and prints money and all these things. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's, it's also this beast that you're creating. And if you can't get very clear on why you are there, Mm -hmm. whether it is passion, purpose, you know, a vision that you have, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very hard to ride out the hard moments and especially the feedback from other people. Also like, fuck everyone else. Like do not listen to anyone. (laughs) I don't listen to anybody. I love your energy. I feel like we're very similar. (laughs) I mean, this is probably why we're both like business owners, because like it it does take a lot of like mental strength, you know, to be able to like that, say that and like act on it because Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've definitely been through a lot where there's just it gets you mentally and you have to coach and train yourself every day like don't let it get to you move forward like tunnel vision focus on your why like you said what was maybe the the biggest obstacle for you in the first two years of business that now I guess looking back you could also advise on Mm. uh I would yeah I mean it would come down to revenue and team building for Mm. sure Um, I also thought I was like the shittiest person at sales. Like I had a huge fear of sales until I started to learn that. I mean, it was, it was actually a huge learning lesson. I learned that people don't come to Agus marketing because of what we do. People come to Agus marketing because they want to work with people within the company. Yeah. And once I figured out that like, I can call in clients that are an energetic match for me. Yeah it shifted everything. And so now I'm like, you should see my emails. Like they're fucking insane. Like they're just ridiculous, (laughs) but, but people either love it or they don't. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, that's something to be said, I guess I get, I'm talking about sales right now and I'll go back to like financial and team building. But I think for me, when I learned that I have the control to scale the agency just by being myself. Mm-hmm. It also opened up this like confidence in me of like, okay, cool. Now I can look at our revenue and our financials and I cannot be afraid of the sales portion. I cannot be afraid of the marketing portion. I can actually know that that's kind of my superpower in a sense. And now, you know, the team building and the financials and all that stuff will come. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, in the beginning, I mean, in running an agency, it's just really interesting. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's a natural turnover occurrence. There is, you know, it's really, really hard on profit margins and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's hard also to trying to scale and build a team at the same time. Yeah. So when I first started and I had never worked in an agency before, I mean, I'd had other marketing jobs and things like that, but I had never worked in an agency. I had to really understand how to work with people, Mm. like first and foremost, like building a team, calling in the right kind of clients, 
knowing how to set up boundaries for these clients, knowing how to set up boundaries for these team members, being able to be a leader. And it was a lot of people and relationships that I had to like learn. Mm -hmm. And that was really interesting for me, especially in the beginning. Um, and it was really hard. And then with that, I mean, yeah, I was calling in like the shittiest people and I didn't have a strong team. So naturally like our finances were like insane. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I would let people, you know, negotiate me down and I'd offer discounts. And like, Mm. I, like, it was totally that standard freelance story where it's like, you're just trying to find out what sticks. Yeah. And for me, I feel like I just fell on my face time and time again, that finally I just got fed up and I was like, I'm not doing that anymore or I'm pivoting and going somewhere else. And so when I, when I start have, like, again, when I started being more authentic with who I was, my own boundaries, how my team operates, our price points, our scopes, everything started aligning. Mm. And that was something too, where it's like, I'm sure people had told me that I'm sure mentors had like really instilled all that into me, but I was such a like, like learn by doing type of person that Mm -hmm. I, my first two years of Ecos marketing were me learning by doing Mm -hmm. and by falling on my face. And now I know I, don't go down those paths anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I know better, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. And and I love that you share that too, because I think like we all know the beginning stages of any business is, is a wild roller coaster, you know, but that makes me wonder why, like what was going on in your head when you realized I want to start another business? Cause I know you are like a serial entrepreneur. You have this wild story. You're, you're managing a team for your marketing agency and then now you got another one. <laughs> like I got another one. Yeah, like I know. share the story of that. Like what? Like were you? Ugh. Were you like I needed more stimulation? Like I need to like no. drive myself more crazy. <laughs> I was on a breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So we let's see. We were in the pandemic. I lost seventy five percent of my business. We gave up our office. We went fully remote. And I mean, we were just. I was just hanging on day by day you know, doing my thing. And, um, the pandemic created a lot of free time and a lot of space in my life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of time to think back about, you know, a lot of things that happened like childhood trauma and, you know, the way that I thought of myself and the way I spoke to myself and a lot of my mindsets and my fear and my anxiety. So I was like seeing, I was seeing a therapist and I also had a, um, like a mindset business coach. Mm -hmm. She almost kind of doubles as a therapist. Her name's Amy. I talk about her all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was seeing both of them at the same time and my therapist diagnosed me with severe anxiety disorder and depression Mm -hmm. and wanted me to basically like kind of experiment with antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, I'm going through this like business mind, this mastermind with my, with my coach. And I'm like, there's, I remember one day I was just like, I'm fucking done. Like mm-hmm. I'm done running this agency. Mm, like, wow. It's never served me. Like, and this is like, so 2020, this is year three. Yeah. And, um, yeah, year three, year four. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm bad. Simple math. It's, it's a mystery anyway. <laughs> um, and we were anyway, and I was just done something. And I forget, I don't even, couldn't even tell you what happened. Yeah. Couldn't tell you what, what the straw was that broke the camel's back. But I remember being like, I'm letting it go. Mm-hmm. Like I'm done. 
I'm, I'm having so much struggle and trauma and I've tried so hard. And like, again, those first two years were me mm-hmm. falling on my face, figuring it out, yeah. pivoting and coming up, continuing to like bootstrap this thing. And my, and again, my mastermind coach was like, okay, cool. Like, let's end it. Like, let's bring it to close. I'm like, all right, awesome. <laughs> At the same time, while this is like happening, I hadn't like told anybody. I started talking to my boyfriend about it a little bit. But I was like, I'm not going to go on antidepressants. I have um, my family history is like riddled with suicide and addiction Mm -hmm. and mental health problems. Mm -hmm. And I was someone close to me had struggled with addiction and mental health. And I was like, I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. I want to do this holistically. My coach was also like, cool, like, let's actually do some mindset training, because if you're going to go through this, like we're going to get like, we're going to go deep and Mm -hmm. we're going to see what's actually going on. So like inner child work, like past trauma, past lives, like Mm. everything. And, um, so I started doing the work and started realizing that caffeine was a huge trigger. I was drinking like three cups a day. Mm. Didn't realize like how it was affecting me. Um, obviously alcohol was another huge trigger Mm because we were in the pandemic and like time wasn't a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) So I basically was like, well, you know, I was going through all these things. I was changing my lifestyle and they were like, cut back on coffee. I'm like, I'm not going to cut back on coffee. I was like, but like, you know, like let's investigate CBD. Mm -hmm. So I started taking CBD. Then I started adding CBD to my coffee because Mm -hmm. if I wanted a second cup, the CBD would slow the release of caffeine. It'd help with all the the triggers, everything else. Mm -hmm. So while this is, I'm sorry, there's like, there's 27 things happening within the story at once. And it's like all in the same timeline. So I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm rambling, <laughs> but I promise there's a point. So meanwhile, I'm approaching, I'm doing sales for the agency. I'm trying to continue trying to figure out how I'm going to shut this thing down or walk away from it. And there was this product that we had gifted to a previous event. It's called get super. And so I hit up the guy. I'm like, let me do your marketing. This thing's awesome. And I've been drinking it for like the past week because it has hemp infused, has water soluble uh, hemp extract infused into the instant coffee. And he's like, no. He's like, but I'm actually thinking about selling it. And Ooh. I was like, okay. I'm like, how much are you selling it for? And he's like, X amount. And I'm like, wow, that just so happens. I'm super comfortable with that, with that price point. And asked him a few more questions, had a few more calls, spoke with my partner and my dad about it. I bought the company. I have never had a product-based company in my life. (laughs) Did not know a thing about CBD compliance or legality and was like, this is what I'm doing. This is my calling. And it really was something that changed my life because of obviously there was so much going on with me emotionally and mentally and in my mental health journey that gets super had also become something where I now understood on such a different level, the importance of mental health Mm -hmm. and the importance of feeling like you don't have to continue to subtract everything from your life Mm -hmm. in order to feel a little bit better. And so this premise and what I was walking through literally was poured into the brand, Mm. you know, and like our whole vision with get super is not that we are a coffee company. It's not that we're a CBD company. Mm -hmm. It's that we're an instant wellness beverage company. Mm -hmm. So like, as we continue to look at the future, like we're working on different formulations that involve different supplements, like Mm -hmm. adaptogens or, you know, matcha or things like that. And the whole point of it was that we really wanted like 
I wanted this brand to be a reflection and a story of just feeling better and feeling okay. And so, yeah, we worked on it. We formulated it all through 2020 and then basically all of 2021 launched in October of 2021. And during that time, I had really put a lot of passion and focus into get super Uh and chose to really create something special with its launch and the branding and the strategy mm-hmm. that gets super had become this insane case study for Agus marketing. Cause my whole entire team did all of it. Right. Right. <laughs> so as things work the way they work, Ekis actually doubled its revenue after the get super launch. Really? And yes. And this was also at this point where I'm like, I like, I mean, I sat there for multiple times during 2020 and being like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I want to continue with the agency or if I, you know, how am I going to manage both? And Mm. it came down to basically what it came down to was, well, if I'm going to do both, I have to reinvest back into ACUS so that people, the team are able to do whatever they need to do. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of brought in this moment of like, who is, you know, where, where's the foundation for both these companies and who's going to help them to grow. Mm-hmm. And as Get Super had launched and clients were coming in, we were reinvesting back in the team. Basically it was like, awesome. Like we're going to build a badass team inside of Echoes Marketing and we're going to do everything the right way mm-hmm. and take whatever we can to make this the strongest agency possible. And also be able to free up some of my time so that I can continue to work on this passion project. Right. And that's, that's what happened. That's the story. Now we're here today. That is insane. Was it because, so you say you doubled your revenue. Was Mm -hmm. it because of the way you launched Get Super and like the attraction of that? Or was it just, what do you think the reason was? I think it was both. Um, I didn't step out in front of Get Super for about a year. So I stepped, like I let everyone know Get Super was mine in October but we had been doing so much marketing, so much leading up, um, and like branding and like, you know, partnerships and giveaways, but no one knew, who, no one knew it was me until October. Uh-huh. So like all of 2021, it was like soft launched. And then like October was like the real launch. Um, so I think, and Echoes marketing had also like come out and we were like, oh yeah, this is our new brand. <laughs> but like no one knew, like it was like actually owned by me. Yeah. So a lot of people saw that. And I think it, I think it just opened us up to like, I mean, we had so much fun and we did things so differently. And it was because like we did everything with such the intention of like, I just told my team, I'm like, I want you to have fun with this. Like, I don't yeah. want you to create boring shit. I was like, I don't want to put parameters on it. I mean, obviously like make it look cool and make it like on brand and yeah. like, you know, match the feeling and the vision. I was like, but don't be afraid to like be funny. Like, don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to have humor. And so like, that's what we did. Like we created, I mean, some of our graphics today are still like Photoshop stick packs on like (laughs) some weird like background and it's hilarious and people love it. So I think that's, I think that's, that's kind of what happened was you saw this energy from this brand and it, it kind of reinvigorated the agency and It also taught me a lot too about my own love for the agency and a lot for what I wanted with this agency. I mean, I, I feel like I came to a point where I kind of lost again, my why. Yeah. And when it came down to it, I didn't want to give it up. 
Yeah. I didn't want to stop doing the agency either. And I, but I also wanted to fix a lot of what was going on inside of it. Yeah. So that's, that's also too. I mean, that was a huge kind of journey and me healing that my relationship with my first business too. Okay. So now it's like you have primary. So I know you have like multiple like ventures basically that you, you know, spread yourself across, but primarily, I guess, just for, for this context, your marketing agency Mm -hmm. and get super, how do you balance everything else? Like, where are your hours outside of that? Like, are you, you know, getting dinner and drinks with friends like throughout the week? Are you like grinding until 9 Um, PM? Like what's what I get, honestly share what like your daily life or weekly life typically looks like. And then also like maybe some insight into like how you balance it. We'll dive into like how you manage that while like also, you know, being in a relationship, making time for the balance they say, but I am curious to hear your thoughts on balance. (laughs) Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I have a lot of people that do a lot of amazing, amazing shit Mm -hmm. for me. Like I would not be able to do Ekis marketing or good super or our newest invested company, Mela without any of the people behind it. Um, I, with that, that being said, like my team, Ekis is really, really kind of in a sense, if they manage so much without me and yes, am I still the one that is doing the sales? Am I still the face? Am I still the one helping with strategy and creative direction? Absolutely. But you know, we have an incredible operation manager. We have an incredible team of women that, you know, manage all their own client accounts with that. I'm able to show up and get done what I need to get done. Now with get super, that mm-hmm. is all on me. But again, my, my team does manage get super from the marketing front and partnership front. And, mm-hmm. um, really right now, actually what I'm doing inside of get super is I am building out a team. And so it's, it's something that mm-hmm. I'm being very intentional with and I'm taking very, very slow. Um, but I, but it is something that I am building out outside of that. My partner, Spencer does help me with get super. He does everything from formulation to production to fulfillment right alongside me. And it was something that we did together. Mm -hmm. And then on my other ventures, I mean, a lot of them just look like Mm -hmm. me investing, you know, my expertise or my, you know, time and in small doses to them. So you know, there's, and I also with the podcast, I have an incredible production studio so far that helps me with everything. I have an awesome assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of people in, in their own corners that are just, I couldn't do anything without any of them. So that's how all this right. happens. And I think people kind of misjudge that of like, how do you manage everything? And it's like, well, I, I've learned that I, I have like two good things. I have like two things I'm good at. Everyone else can do everything else yeah. that they're good at. And if I let them have that mm-hmm. and I'm able to delegate that or hire them, why would I not? Like, there's no point in me trying to do logi- mm-hmm. logistical shit that I'm terrible at. I have the worst, worst, yeah. worst ability to check for grammatical errors. It happens all the time. Thank God I have someone that's like, that's their only job is just to grammar check everything. Mm -hmm. But like with that, that's not, I mean, that's the way I've been able to scale and grow and have my hands in different pots. And 
I also think that's just something of like within me that it just kind of comes naturally to me where I want to be a part of a, a bunch of different things. Um, I have to tell myself, no, mm-hmm. I have to turn down a lot of opportunity, which is really hard. Um, I've gotten myself into places mm-hmm. where I've taken on way too much opportunity and it's bitten me in the ass. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what that looks like. What about in terms of like, how do you make time, you know, with your partner? Like, do you, and cause you kind of mentioned before we started recording as well, he is an entrepreneur or fellow entrepreneur. Um, how do you make time for like the non work entrepreneurial life things, <laughs> the fun things? Yeah. So Spence used to be, so Spencer's had his business for almost a year. Um, he was an entrepreneur, not at the beginning, but he started his entrepreneurial journey kind of with me and get super in 2020. And it's, um, how do I say this? It's something where we've had to learn and we've had to really build our relationship around both of our visions for our lives. Right. And he, when we first started dating, he had a very similar vision that I had for my life, Mm. but he wasn't an entrepreneur. He was actually, he was actually a, he was a fisherman. He was a captain. So he used to run boats from San Diego down to Cabo and captain and do all that fun stuff. And, um, it was, it was nice because when he was down in like Mexico, like I had, I'd fly down and like see him and it was a little bit long-term and then he moved back to San Diego. But anyway, all that to say is we built our relationship really around like our vision for our lives. And we both really had the same, we, we still do have like a very similar, like five to 10 to 50 year plan. Mm-hmm. And when he started his own business, you know, there were times where like, it, we really were like, you know, conflicting and mm-hmm. like, we w- weren't seeing eye to eye. But at the end of the day, it was like every day Spencer woke up and chose me and every day I woke up and chose him. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn now that the shoe was on the other foot. And then now he's an entrepreneur and I have to be as patient with him as he was with me. Mm. And so things like, you know, prioritizing if something happens with work and prioritizing that first or, you know, on weekends, if we have to go somewhere or if there's a family dinner or something like that during the weeknights, but we have other priorities. We have to learn to honor our partner above that for what they're doing. Mm. And that's been really, really interesting. And even like our families, you know, we've had to have really hard conversations with our families. Like, Hey, like we are building this life for ourselves Mm -hmm. and there that requires some sort of sacrifice And as much as we don't want to sacrifice any time with our family, sometimes we have to. And same thing, like on the weekends, Mm -hmm. like there are so many things that I've wanted to go to that I have to turn down because I have to rest on Saturday and Sunday, or sometimes I'm so mentally fatigued that I don't, it would be, I, I need two days of a break before I go back into, you know, my schedule again. And same thing with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, like there's like, it's just all Mm impatience. Like we have to schedule our date nights. We have to make sure that we're communicating Mm -hmm. the other night. He came home at 11 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. and we wanted to have a conversation about how our days went. So we stayed up till Mm 2am and there's these things where it's like, it's not always perfect. And it's very hard for us to 
look at these other relationships or for other people to look at our relationships yeah. and have feedback, yeah. but it works for us. And we have a mutual understanding of one another. And it has been one of the most healthy and awesome relationships I've ever been in because he holds such a respect for what I do and for what I want my vision of my life to be. Mm -hmm. And I hold the same for him. I, okay. First off, I love that you said that you really honed down on the fact that you guys both have very similar, if not quite frankly, the same visions for your own lives independently, you know, apart from one another. And, you know, I kind of told you earlier, like I dated someone from San Diego for four years and, you know, that was like my first serious relationship, all of college type thing. And I remember thinking to myself, like after that, it was just like very about, you have to meet someone that has the same or very similar vision as you before you come into a relationship with them. Because if you don't hold that yourself, you can you know, start to, um, I, I think like be not as confident in your own path and you kind of get lost in that relationship. Um, mm-hmm. and then I agree with you as well. It's like, it's, it's, it can be hard when you compare your relationship as an entrepreneur and like your schedule and like what you're prioritizing in these, in this current chapter with someone else that, you know, might not have the same responsibilities as an entrepreneur and they might see their partner more. Um, and it's yeah. actually, it's funny too. I, I kind of want to ask this more for myself, but it's like, how do you, like, how, like, how do you find, I guess, like a way to not let it get to you if you're like, not seeing your partner that much, you know what I mean? Cause I get, it gets to right? me. It still gets <laughs> I, to me. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, and it's, it's crazy yeah. too. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, they're like, you know, like the inner child in you is like, oh my God, I want to see you type thing. Right. But then Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you also know, like you're both doing it for the right reasons. Like, it's not like you're avoiding each other. It's not like you're playing games, but it's like, you're you're, you're prioritizing something for long, for your long-term vision. Like what has been the thought process for you about that? (laughs) I mean, again, like at first it was not easy, but it's also like one of those things too, where it's like, you know, I, him and I have learned like how to like lean into our communication. And again, this was not like, this is not a, like the, none of these things came easy. Like there was fighting, there was, you know, me and him like feeling like maybe we aren't right for each other. Like, because we had to walk through all of this together. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, like one of the biggest things is, you know, Spence will communicate with me and I will communicate with him. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm usually the one being like, Hey, I have not seen you. (laughs) And like, a week. And when I do see you, you are crawling into bed late at night. I would like a date night. Yeah. And like, does that like, and he's, I should say this, he is also so incredible about being proactive and not letting situations get to that moment. Like that has been, I'm not saying that he, he treats me like gold, but there are moments where it is, where you have to have that level of communication or there'll be times where he's like, Hey, you scheduled all these family events for us. And I don't want to do anything, but sit on the couch with you and watch Netflix and, you know, have a glass of wine right. or whatever. Right. It, he'd be like, can you unschedule these <laughs> things? Or like, can we, like, can well, I have that. my time yeah, yeah, with yeah. you? Yeah. So it goes both ways. And again, like we had to learn how to communicate. We had to learn how to talk through things. And there are new things that arise every single day that we have to learn how to talk about. You know, the other thing too, is like, there was a moment of time where, 
I was giving him a lot of feedback on his business. Mm. And a lot of it always wasn't the most structured or needed feedback that he needed to hear. And so I had to also learn how to, you know, like if he came to me and started, you know, questioning Ekis marketing and be like, fuck off. Right, right. So I had to, like, I kind of had to also realize like, Hey, like he is an entrepreneur and he is walking through this at his own time and his own pace. Mm-hmm. And you have to hold this space for him. Mm. Like you have to let him figure this out too. And you cannot be judgmental. You cannot mm. be overbearing. You cannot be somebody that thinks that they know what they're talking about. Because also too, the other thing that we also don't talk about is every entrepreneur knows their business the best mm-hmm. inside and out. So do I like if, even if I was giving warranted advice, it would probably be skewed because I don't really know everything that's happening. Totally. So I think that's also something too, where I had to learn that like, maybe like, you know, like this is his gig. Like he, you got to let him do his thing. And like, he needs to learn his own trust within himself and learn how to become his own entrepreneur. And you just need to sit by and kind of support him and like hold those conversations or hold those moments where it feels really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's scary when your partner's like, dude, I don't know if this is going to work yeah. out. And you're like, okay, like, what do we got to do? Like, are we shutting down the company? Or are we like, are, are you being dramatic? Like what's happening? Yeah. So it's, you know, and I mean, vice versa, he's, he's come home, like he's come home to me and I'm like, I hate everything. Like I'm, I'm quitting and I want to move to Mexico. So it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, we've worked at it and it's really awesome. And I, I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for someone it like to, better to be with. Right. And especially someone that understands me and all the things that I want to do. Right. I love that you share just those honest raw thoughts of like the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> like there's definitely been days for me as well where I'm like, oh my fucking God, what am I doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like yeah. it. It's so funny. Like those are real. the same thoughts. I, I, I totally agree with them. Um, what are your thoughts on balance? You like kind of mentioned, you know, sometimes you do have to sacrifice a bit for that long-term vision. Do you believe balance mm-hmm. is a thing or do you believe maybe more it's like you, you do have to sacrifice a bit of, you know, something you might've done if you, if you didn't have a business or you weren't trying to aim towards a vision and, you know, maybe again for, for a certain chapter of life, you know, maybe a couple of years, Mm -hmm. or do you, or do you be actually believe in like balance work-life balance? (laughs) Um, this is such a controversial topic. (laughs) This is, and I feel like, I feel like I'm going to, I'm trying not to give you the wishy-washy answer, but this is what I truly believe. I believe that there can be seasons of work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I believe that there can be seasons of complete chaos. Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with what your goal is. Mm -hmm. Is your season in your life to have work-life balance? Awesome. If your season in your life is to become a billionaire, uh, probably gonna be a little chaotic, you know? Like it's, or, you know, vice versa. Or is it, are you launching a company? Mm -hmm. Are you, you know ready to quit. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think at the end of the day, it's like, what is your, what is your goal? And like, for me, again, I was walking through 2020 Mm -hmm. and I was also going through all this therapy. I was going through all this, all these mastermind classes. And there was this huge topic of conversation about me really structuring my days and having non-negotiables and having a morning and nightly routine. And when it came up to launching Get Super, I had to say, like, I had to sit with myself and be like, you know what? 
these next three months, there's not going to be any of that. Mm. And I have to be okay with it. But I had, I had to sit with myself and say, you know, do you want this? Like, do you want to not have this balance right now? And I was like, yes, because I know I can launch this thing at my full capacity if I let, let up on these boundaries a little bit and know that I can come back to them. Now, that's also something where like, I was super aware of my mental health state. I was super aware of like what I needed probably after I launched Get Super, like time away at vacation, time to decompress, um, making sure my team could manage Get Super while I took a moment to really kind of re get back into my own groove again. Um, but I, I do believe that it has to do with your goal. Like, I think that you can set yourself up with awesome boundaries and be able to have a life that you love to live. But I also think too, where it's like, if you want a certain level of success and it's going to require a bit more grit and a bit more exercise, you can also have that too. It's just more or less of what, what are you wanting to sacrifice in this moment in order to get where you need to get? And, you know, I, I think everyone right now is so black and white on like, like you said, either work-life balance or there's no work-life balance. You're just a freaking hustler. I'm like, yes and no, you, but you get to choose, like you get to choose what you want. Yeah. And I like that you said too, it, it comes down to like what it is that you really want. Right. So like for you during that chapter, yeah. it was like, you, you wanted that launch to be spectacular. You really wanted to focus in those three months. And I think that's, again, something mm-hmm. that you know, a lot of people, especially when you're young, you, you can have FOMO. You're like, oh fuck, you know, my friends are out this weekend. It's like, I wish I could be doing that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, like you said, you have to come back to your why you have to come back to why it is that you're doing what you're doing, you know, which, which is not easy. But I think sometimes I like to emphasize on that in terms of like the entrepreneurial journey, because it is definitely not glamorous. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not glamorous and it requires, like it requires such an emotional, just undertaking. Mm-hmm. And I think with business too, the reason why, you know, it is such a roller coaster is because it really shows everything that you're, everything that you're made mm-hmm. of, your strengths, your weaknesses, your integrity, mm-hmm. your true character, your ability to navigate and pivot. Like it brings everything out of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also too, why I love it so much is because again, for me, it's been such a journey mm-hmm. and it's actually like, I, like I, it has shaped me yeah. into like who I am today. Mm-hmm. And I love like thinking back of like the girl that like went to Thailand to have like a spiritual <laughs> awakening and like it never happened. And like who I am right yeah. now, because it feels so much more aligned for me that this was my journey. This was my awakening. And this is like me cutting my teeth and actually being formed in the person I am today. Mm -hmm. Oof, I love that. And especially when you get to, you know, look back at who you used to be, you know, and, and where you're at now. So speaking of that, uh, final few questions, an impactful piece of advice you had or you were given in your 20s and something you would share with the audience that and it could be in any part of life doesn't have to be business related it could be like personal relationships friendships or you know just like a motto mindset yeah I'm gonna say this one and ever I feel like it's over said but I, I really want to like hone in on it so you are not for everyone and everyone is not for you and I think 
again, like I was such a natural people pleaser. I was very insecure. I had a lot of self-awareness that I had to build up to like, kind of get to this point, but going through business and going through life, you figure out that it's better to have those that are for you and to be able Mm -hmm. to identify them and energetically match with them and be able to live your life with them than to be constantly trying to show up for so many people that are not for you. And again, this applies to your clients. It applies to your friends. It applies to everything, especially in your twenties. Like your twenties are so fucking hard. Like Mm -hmm. everyone made it sound like the twenties were going to be fun. And it was, it was hard shit. Like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know that's the same for everybody, but I, I mean, like I've gone through like friend transitions. I've gone through relationships with boyfriends and, you know, I think too, like I look back and I'm like, why was I trying so hard for everybody else? When like, in reality, my, my little like clan of 10 people that are the most important to me are all that matter. And like Mm -hmm. all that I really care about. And yeah, I think also too, it's like, that's a little bit polarizing, but I, it's also to the point where it's like, I kind of stopped caring and it has honestly brought in more beautiful people into my life because at least I know, like if you're a fit or if you're not and how it just, it's very, it just flows. Yeah. Ooh, I could not agree more with you. I think I, I emphasize a lot on energy and alignment. And Mm -hmm. I think we can um, agree to that for both in business, but also in real life friendships. (laughs) Totally. Awesome. Well, one last question, and it's something I ask every guest on this show, but in reflection of everything, what would you say truly fulfills you in life? Hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. That's a deep one. Um, (laughs) I think for me, a lot of my story, what I'm going to get like probably emotional. A lot of my like story as a kid was really feeling or really being told that like, I was never good enough. And I have, I have a lot of stories where there's a lot of people in and out of my life as a kid, my dad was like a single parent and, um, I like struggled in school and I, I never listened to anyone. I just, it was very, it was like my, my childhood was just kind of rough. And, um, I think what fulfills me most Mm -hmm. is being able to create this life that I'm really proud of and that really fills me up but that I'm also able to pour into other people that feel the same exact way. And I think it's one of my favorite things, especially Mm -hmm. on podcasts or especially like building a community online or like just talking to a girl that I meet in the coffee shop that there's such a bigger world and so much opportunity for us to really embody our power and embody what we're capable of or embody, you know, what we want out of this life. And for me, like, it's just me watching that inner child do all of that, but then it's also me being able to like, wait, I cannot, we can talk about this too, because you're going through this too. And I get to share this with you, or you get to share this with me mm-hmm. and kind of helping and filling each other up. That's what gets me every single time. Oof. I, I was, yeah, no, I, I love hearing you say that because the moment you said, kind of like your background and like how you felt during your childhood, I instantly realized why we are, I could see (laughs) our energy being similar because I had very similar feelings as well as, you know, not 
feeling good enough as a kid. So I totally resonate with where you come from. And I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this do as well. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Of course. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Yes. Well, where can everyone find you? Share your Instagram, Ekis Marketing, the Get Super, everything. Share all the plugs, all the yeah. lovely plugs. <laughs> okay. Um, you guys can follow me just at Whitney Ekis. You guys can follow the agency at Ekis Marketing. It's just my last name and then marketing. And then you can follow Get Super at Get Super and Super is spelled S-U-P-R. And then I got to plug our last one because this is a new one, but this is a very, very cool one. Um, you guys can find the most juiciest, delicious, all natural watermelon water at Ooh. Mella Water. It's amazing. It's sold on Amazon. Go check it out. It will change your life. Amazing. Thank you for sharing all that. I will link it in the show notes as always. And yeah, thank you again for coming on. This is so fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And that was all for today's episode with serial entrepreneur Whitney Eckes. As always, if you enjoyed this conversation, please be sure to share this episode with a friend, share it on your Instagram story, and tag the podcast Instagram at you so I can see who's tuning in. And of course, I always love resharing and connecting with you guys in the DMs. And if you're curious to learn more about Whitney and just find out more about what she's doing, everything is linked in the show notes. Or if you follow the Instagram at you, everything is always linked on the reels or whatever the post is related to this episode. And one last thing, if you've been eyeing the What Fulfills You card game or the journal, you can enjoy 10% off with the code WHATFULFILLSYOU10 at checkout. Again, that's WHATFULFILLSYOU10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Thanks again for tuning in today. I would chat with you all in the next episode.